Hello and welcome to Country Stride, the podcast dedicated to the landscapes, people and heritage of Cumbria and the Lake District. I'm here today on a distinctly wintry, late November morning, sunshine rolling onto the hills just outside the county boundaries of Cumbria at the little churchyard at Chapleydale in the Yorkshire Dales with author, illustrator and our guide for today's walk, Mark Richards. Hello, Mark. Hello, David. We're at St. Leonard's Church. We're in limestone country within sight of Ingleborough. The wonderful escarpment is just beyond the church. We're in Yorkshire, North Yorkshire at the moment, but it won't be long before we actually tread back into Cumbria. But we're having a journey today along the Craven Way. That's the old Craven Way. We're actually on the Dales Highway today. Yes, earlier this year, Mark, a couple of months back, I undertook the Dales Highway, uh, walked for about six days from Saltaire, just outside Leeds, all the way to Appleby in Westmoreland. Uh, I tend to walk a couple of long-distance footpaths each year, uh, very much a highlight of my year, really, and I thought this one was particularly good. You knew the creators. We had a chat and we thought, well, let's get at least one of the creators out for a wander and we can learn more about this fabulous walk and this wonderful bit of country. We have the pleasure of Chris Gogan. Tony is not able to be here today, but... uh, She's fleet of foot, as she'll have to be today, because we haven't got long to cover the 10 miles or 9 miles that we're going to undertake. But it will be fascinating to hear from Chris firsthand how she conceived the route and what the route means to her. Yeah, really looking forward to that. And talking about some of the highlights of this section, Chapleydale Church itself, fascinating uh, for its link with the historic Carlisle Settle Line in its construction. We're going to climb up onto the shoulder of Wernside, one of the Yorkshire Three Peaks, and then we're going down into Dentdale, one of my absolute favourite valleys, Mark, and actually, Chris grew up there. Is that so? Well, I didn't know that. Well, we wandered down to Dent with Colin Speakman, and he gave us the aura of that magical valley used to be in West Riding of Yorkshire. It now is moving into Westmoreland. Well, look, I can see Chris over there, Mark, just by the entrance to the church. So with 10-mile distant dent in our sights, let's go and make our first steps on today's Country Stride. I'm coming up to the front porch of St. Leonard's Church with its wonderful flagged roof and lovely large windows with stained glass. It's a hoary little church in the limestone tradition, very much in its rural setting. And I'm in the company of Chris Grogan. Hello, Mark. It's great to be with you. Where do you hail from? Uh, Dentdale. You hail from Dentdale, so you're I going home. do. I'm walking home this well. morning, yes. <laughs> I was a farm girl. We grew up under Artengill Viaduct at the very top of Dentdale in Cowgill, very close to the youth hostel. The youth hostel was just half a mile up the road and we used to see hikers, as we called them in those days, up and down to the youth hostel. Oh, we thought they were bonkers. Oh, (laughs) all these wet people trailing about the fells because we did walk up side all the time but it was work it was going up to gather sheep it was part of our everyday life and I never thought about working for pleasure until I left the valley and then of course I, I was bereft I missed my fells and and just started walking really for pleasure as a way to stay connected your maiden name did was it a Murder, local no no we're not a local family my dad was a Scot He was a shepherd in Scotland and moved because of the war, Um, but just found a home in Dentdale that they, well, we all loved it. We loved it. I live in Saltaire now, but I still think of myself as from Dent. A little dent in you always. Always, always. So today's ramble, uh, where are we going? Well, 
In 2007, my husband and I created a long-distance route that we called a Dales Highway. And one section of it starts right here in Chapeladale, and we follow the old Craven Way up to Ellerbeck and along through the old farms of Ivesgate, right along to Ribblehead Viaduct, and then up the side of the railway line to the entrance of Bleemore Tunnel and on over Boot of the Wold until we drop down into Dentdale and follow the river back into Dent. Well, it sounds like a fabulous expedition there, Chris. I'm really itching to get moving. But before we do, we ought to look at some really interesting memorials that this particular church is associated with inside. So fabulous little interior to this church, St. Leonard's. It's uh, is a timber ceiling with beams and cross members, stained glass windows with beautiful little detail. It's just a compact, joyous little space right at the heart of great fell country. Why are we in Chapel Idea? Why is that so significant as a name? I'm, I'm intrigued by that idea. The valley, which really comes from Newby Head, right down to Ingleton, was originally called Waysdale or Weirsdale. There's records back to 13th century of it with that name. But there are records of uh, what they called a chapel of ease being around this spot because we're where the Roman road from Lancaster to Bainbridge crosses the old Packhorse Trail, much more ancient, from this valley up into Dentdale and on to Malastang. So there was always a place of sanctuary around here in this Weasdale, Weasdale. And then it began to be known as Chapel in Dale. Ah. And there's a record, the first record written down is in a marriage ceremony in 16-something of a couple being married at Chapel in Dale. And <laughs> gradually, over the years, this became how it was known. Yes, I can see that. A cleric writing int. Yeah. Turned it into yeah. Lee. Yeah. Uh, it's just an easy thing to do. Yes. It sounds a little bit less rustic. And even the name St. Leonard's, we yeah. don't know if it was ever consecrated as St. Leonard's because in the 1940s there was an author who was researching the area and he came across a will from the 1800s that somebody wanted to be buried in St. Leonard's in Ingleton. Ah. Now the church in Ingleton is St. Mary's so this chap thought, oh, it must mean Chapeldale Church. Yes. Wrote it down in about 1946. <laughs> and the then vicar thought, ooh, that sounds all right. <laughs> I'll go with that. <laughs> so it's only really been referred to as St. Leonard's since just after the war. And the lovely board we saw outside yes. went up in the 1960s. Well, that's it. Before that, it was just... In Chapel. Chapel in Dale. <laughs> well, the light is uh, on as we came in and it's shining on an interesting memorial on the wall. Can you recite what it's all about there, Chris? Yes, this is a hugely significant church for the burial of people who died building the Settle Carlisle railway line. At the height of the construction, there were 6,000 men working on the line and they lived around here in shantytowns with their families, wives, children, and there were 200 burials in this churchyard. And this reads, to the memory of those who through accidents lost their lives in constructing the railway works between Settle and Dent Head. This tablet was erected at the joint expense of their fellow workmen and the Midland Railway Company, 1869 to 1876. Now, more recently, there has been a memorial to the wives and children who died here as well, the babies who didn't survive the winters, the women who died in childbirth and the terrible outbreaks of cholera. 
They're living in a corrugated iron settlement upon the fell there up by the Ribblehead. Batty Green, I think it was called, wasn't yes. it? Yes. And there was the industrial element, which was called Sebastopol. Sebastopol, Inkerman, Batty Wife Green. Each of the navvy communities had their own name. So you had not only the viaduct to make, you had all the embankments and then the tunnel. So it was a huge undertaking. There were probably 20,000 people in that general area. Yeah, for at a the height of it. So your memory, when you were living down below the Artengill viaduct, you'll have seen trains going over that bridge. Oh, steam trains in those days. And we used the railway line. My mum used to go to Settle Market on the train on a Tuesday. And when we were playing out, all the children at the top of the dale, we didn't have watchers, of course, <laughs> and, but we all knew when the dinnertime train went over, right. we went home. Do you remember any times when the line was actually closed and your timekeeping was thrown awry? Yeah. Well, of course, there was the snow in, in 1963, the huge snow. We had snow at the top of the dale from Boxing Day through till April. Crikey. At Dent Station, you can see all the snowboards, the barriers to snow up on the fell side. Right. Yeah. Well, there's no barriers to our <laughs> endeavour today. We'll get moving because it's a lovely walk and we haven't got too long to do it in. But fortunately, the weather's on our side. been a delight walking along there by the set of farms. We just passed Broadrake, which is in Feinfettel. But I'm in a splendid landscape at the moment. I'm looking southwest towards Ingleborough and then Simon Fell. And I can see Penny Ghent, Pennine Way country over that way. Ribblehead Viaduct, all 24 arches, or is that 24 piers? I don't know, it's one of the other. <laughs> and lovely limestone walls, all bathing in sunlight. And up to my left, beyond that sycamore tree, is uh, Wernside. A joyous day with a little bit of a breeze. But this is farming country, Chris. Yes, and it's lovely to walk through farms that are still farms. You know, when so many areas of the Dales, you know, holiday cottages, second homes. But Chapley Dale, this stretch is very much working farms. And even the ones that aren't, like Broadrake, it's such a fantastic resource. They run courses, um, willow weaving and traditional scything. And the Bunk Barn is just a fantastic stopover for Dales Highway walkers right on the path i can see swaledale sheep or as you would call them chris swaddles but it wasn't always that way centuries ago there was deer farming along here and horse breeding and if we look across the valley you see colt farm across the valley even its name gives a clue doesn't it, it does and look at the top of ingleborough that great flat top of ingleborough we mm. can see century before last horse racers run across that great flat surface it's like high street in the lake district yes, yes. <laughs> but of course the horse races in those days were actually were great stallions they yes, were fell ponies, ponies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah which but... we used to use on the farm growing right. up we still used when i was a child a fell pony and a sledge to Marvelous. pull the hay off the field but we've been walking a lovely stretch of the dales highway can you Give us a, a concise description of the journey. Yes, it's a 90-mile route and it starts in Saltaire and it goes fairly due north, much on the line of the Settle Carlisle railway line to Appleby in Westmoreland with six sections and we look to have a climb every day, hence the name, Dales Highway. And we climb up over Rombolds Moor from Airedale, where we start at Saltaire, over to Skipton, then Skipton over Malamdale into Settle, Settle, and we climb up over Ingleborough to where we are now, then around the flank of Wernside, we drop into Dentdale, we follow over to Sedbur, the Howgill Fells to Ravenstondale, New Biggin on Loon, and finally finishing Cross Great Aspy Scar to finish in Appleby. Why did you choose Appleby as opposed to Kirby Stephen? Partly because 
when we walked those sections, we just loved crossing Great Aspie Scar and following the river into Appleby. But Kirby Stephen would have made a good stopping point and people customised the route and we're more than happy for them to do so. And I think going over to Kirby Stephen is often a popular alternative. You want people to find their own way, but be inspired by your journey. Yeah, many, many years ago, the first time I ever did the coast to coast, I was sat quite wet, steaming at a pub one night and talking to somebody about a little detour that I'd done that day to visit something of interest. And a chorus of jeet, jeet, jeet went up around the bar because I hadn't stuck to this rigid coast-to-coast path. And I was so incensed that all these years later, when we, we came to create a Dales Highway, we deliberately called it a Dales Highway, not the Dales Highway. You make of it what you will. This is what we did. You do it your way. Just as Alfred Wainwright called his route a coast-to-coast Yeah. <laughs> and he honestly meant that. Tell that to the people in the pub. <laughs> the notion is we want to encourage people to feel freedom in the outdoors and to find their own way a little bit beyond what we're giving them. We give them routes, but we give them the freedom of open country and the rights of way. And there are so many permutations. I think so. I agree with that, Mark. The original idea, you had some kind of inspiration. Tony and I had been walking long-distance routes as holidays, week here, fortnight there, three weeks on the Pennine Way, for years and years and years. And like many people, we started off with the Dalesway. And one of the things that we really loved about the Dalesway, because we live quite close to the start in Ilkley, was we put our packs on our backs and we just walked out of the house. And from then on, for the next week, we were on our way. And it was just so lovely. And then one year, many years later, we were talking, oh, what should we do next? We'd done this, we'd done that. And we thought, oh, do you remember how much we enjoyed walking out of the house? Let's do our own route. <laughs> Tony grew up in Shipley, near where we live now. I grew up in Dentdale, so we're thinking, oh, we could walk over to Dents from here. And then we thought, oh, and the railway line. And the idea grew out of that. And you mentioned Wainwright and his coast to coast. He took a ruler and laid it across the north of England. The beeline. Yes, and he had the sea at one end and the sea at the other. And that was essentially his start and finish. But we didn't have any of that. Saltaire's in the middle of the country. But we thought, yes, it's a great place. It's a her- World Heritage Village. It's a good place to encourage people to come to and start. And if we go due north and we go to all our favourite places, we take people into Mallamdale, my beloved Dentdale, over the Howgill Fells, which are so overlooked yeah. between the dales and the lakes. And then we're big fans of the Settle Carlisle Railway and... I lead walks along the Settle Carlisle Railway for the Friends Group. Um, We'll get as far as Appleby, which is sort of the northernmost part of the high country of the Settle Carlisle line. And then when people are taking a week to walk up there, they can get on the train and they're back in two hours. (laughs) And it just kind of made sense as a route. It does. Having said that, it took us over a year just doing this variant, that variant, until we came to the ones that we liked. In creating this wonderful journey, you somehow, I think, have managed to avoid some of the major trails that are, have long been established or have taken priority in the past, like the Dales Way that you walked initially and the Pennine Way. Uh, you've managed to avoid them to a large extent. Was that in your mind? I think we wanted to give people a, a new experience, a different view of the Dales. That was certainly in our minds. And another thing that was in our minds is... We tried where we could to follow ancient paths, pack horse trails. We'll find an awful lot of the paths that we're on on a Dales Highway have been trod for 
centuries, millennia, some of them. Quite. There's something really thrilling about walking the way that people have always gone. And I mean, we're going from Chapleydale over to Dent, and I just think, well, if people have been doing it all these centuries, they've chosen a pretty good route. Why would I mess with it? <laughs> It's an interesting place this here, Chris. We've come to the crossing of the railway. It's a, a track, a walled track. And you can look to the right, you can see Bremore Tunnel and beyond that, the mounds of soil that were pulled out uh, up the air shafts. You can see it swings to the right. So that's going towards Dent Head and Dent Station, just a little over a mile long. But the interesting thing here is the aqueduct because Force Gill comes over the railway. I don't know if I know of anything comparable. And adjacent to it, there's another track, which is probably a stock access for sheep. What options does the walker have here? Traditionally, we're on the Three Peaks route, the Yorkshire Three Peaks challenge route. So we can see walkers already heading up northwards, really, up to the summit of Wernside. Or the middle route, which is our route, over into Deepdale, end of Dentdale, or this route here that takes us up by the spoil heaps, over the top of the tunnel, in fact, you're walking, and drops down into Dentdale at Dent Head. Amazing, yeah. So you've got three completely different kinds of routes, but they're all wild country routes in every respect. There's people going in every direction all year round. Can you remember when you actually did your first three peaks? <laughs> well, my first peak was Wernside because our sheep lived on Wernside <laughs> so even as a small girl we were with my brother we were going up to help my dad gather sheep from Wernside so that was my first experience of the three peaks and then maybe in my teens late teens I walked the three peaks as the challenge route before I met Tony and now my preference is very much for doing one at a time very much. <laughs> Don't blame you. Uh, uh. It's such fabulous countryside, you know, and you just see so many people. The challenge is really what they enjoy. The 26 miles in, you know, generally under 12 hours is the aim. But to spend time out here, it's a different experience altogether. We're very fortunate to be actually on an adapted part of the Craven Way. When we get over the railway, in effect, we'll be on the historic route which runs from Ribblehead to Dentdale. So it's a very ancient route and it really goes back to the Bronze Age, I would imagine. The name is Welsh because Kraf, from which the name Craven derives, means wild garlic. So that would imply that it was a wooded environment or certainly some part of the journey was wooded. And you've got uh, names like Ingleborough, which uh, is the place of the Ingles there, ancient Britons as many might call them. Penny Ghent is the hill of the winds and that's Welsh and we're going over a wold uh, and I come from the Cotswolds and wold it means the hills with trees on. A wold originally was clothed in trees. That's interesting. It's interesting yes and of course we're walking around Boot of the Wold which <laughs> is a great name and then on the other side of the valley you'll see Wold Fell which our sheep also, if they weren't on one side, they were on, we called it Warfall, but it's Woldfell. Yeah, there you are. We'll head over the railway now and go up the Craven Way. We've come up the cobbled way that's been specifically done for the Three Peaks walkers who are climbing Wernside and we've come to a stile which is the direct way that leads you on to Wernside. A far more minor path runs straight on through the rushes which would be our path and uh, looking back you can get a very good profile of Penny Ghent. You see that lovely westerly scarp. Now this is a tracking countryside and Chris you've been 
attracted to tracking. What first drew you into doing long-distance walking? When I was a girl growing up, some of the walkers that passed our farm ends were walking the Dalesway. So I had heard of the Dalesway ever since its inception. But then, as most of us do for years and years when you're busy with work and families and everything you're busy with, um, our walking was very much day walks or weekend walking. But finally, we started to think, oh, wouldn't it be great just to have a week just walking, just set off and do it? And I remembered the Dalesway. And the idea that, again, I said earlier, the idea that we left our home in Salter and we set off over Ilkley Moor, which we knew well, to Ilkley and the start of the Dalesway, and followed the River Wharf and then over Fell, down into Dentdale, bed and breakfast with me mum, you know. We had such a good time and we really fell in love with it and that was it. And then for years after that, that was our annual holiday. Was there a pattern to your choice? Uh, well, I like hills <laughs> and the north. We did the Wolds Way and the Pennine Way and the coast to coast, which was just magical. I think just the sheer achievement of crossing your own country, especially when you've grown up in the Dales, crossing the lakes and the Dales that we love so much. Uh, that was wonderful. How did you find the Pennine Way? Well, we had ridiculously good weather for the Pennine Way. So I thought the Wolds Way would be easy on the chalk in the spring and it was quite tough and it rained a lot and I thought the Pennine Way would be an awfully difficult challenge and it was magical. There's so many factors, isn't there? Sometimes it's the weather, sometimes it's where you stay, sometimes it's the people you meet, and you stay to mind. But one of the things I really like about long-distance walking is that within a very short time, even on a lovely day walk like this, you're thinking, oh, there'll be emails when I get home and do I need to put a wash on and what's the tea? But when you're doing a trek, it goes. You do one thing. You get up, eat, walk, go to the pub. <laughs> it's just a lovely, lovely um, pattern. Mindfulness before the term was invented. There's something that concentrates your mind on having one thing to do, which is to put one foot in front of the other basically and it allows your mind to just clear of all the rubbish that chunters and chatters and monkey brains around most of the time you begin to relax into your environment and you begin to just travel in the landscape and if you've committed yourself to walking for a week or a fortnight or whatever it happens to be you don't even think too much about the hardship or the weather because you're committed, you're just doing it. And I find it unbelievably relaxing, physically challenging and mentally relaxing. And that is just such a wonderful combination. I love your term, monkeying around <laughs> in the mind. It sheds you of all the flack and filing cabinet of life. It does. Well, you put everything in the filing cabinet. Now, I believe, rather like our good friend holding the microphone, you have walked the end-to-end -end walk. Well, just like our Dales Highway, we walked our end-to-end. -end. And what we did, we didn't have the time to walk the whole thing in one go. So over a period of five years, and it actually took us 100 days of walking, we walked from Lizard to Cape Wrath, but we did it by following existing published long-distance trails. So we followed the Southwest Coast Path. Then we joined that to Offers Dyke on a trail called the Avon and Somerset Summits. 
Then we did Offa's Dyke, then we followed the Cestrian Way over to Edale, the Pennine Way, right to the end, and then we joined the Scottish National Trail, and that included elements of the southwest um, path in Scotland and Great Glen Way and all of the West Highland Way, and finally the Cape Wrath Trail, which is the hardest and most challenging and most wonderful thing I have ever done. This is wonderful, but I do know that if I turned round, I would be in the station inn with a fire and a pint in my hand in less than an hour. <laughs> and over Cape Wrath, there's nothing, you know, there's no escape. You are just out there. Glens like Glen Affleck and Kintyre, they're just magical, magical. And I think the challenge just of doing it... I'm not quite sure how we did, <laughs> to be honest, looking back. It shows in your face the emotion of it, the thrill. Fascinating, we reached the, this style for the one side of the tent, and I'm looking back, and there's a, a trail of guys uh, coming up towards us. Perhaps we ought to have a little chat with them. Well, amazing, we were stopped to talk to Chris at the style and rolled up. There's uh, 15 to 16 guys, all uh, clad and doing the Three Peaks trek. And I've got the guy who's leading them. And what's your name? J.P. Helliwell. J.P. Helliwell. J.P. Helliwell. That's yes. very good. What's, what are you involved with here? So we're all from the fire service in Great Manchester. Um, and what we've decided to do, we're majority veterans of the armed forces or current serving reservists. And part of our annual charity uh, challenge is to raise money for Broughton House, which is a... Uh, Sort of aging person's home for veterans in uh, in Manchester, similar to uh, the Chelsea Pensions down south. So this is the first big event that we've done. So this is the uh, inaugural inaugural uh, that's it. Oh, that's charity marvelous. event. Yeah. When did you set off, and uh, how far on the journey are you now? Well, we originally set off quarter to seven, slight detour en route. So we're 20 kilometres in, and we've got a fair bit to go. So about halfway. Halfway. It's 26 miles, is it, or something? It's a long way, yeah. and there's three little lumps in the way as well. Yeah, yeah. So you've done minor distractions. Yeah, minor. So you've done Pennygent, have you? We've done Pennygent, just about to do Wernside and then uh, Inglebury. Yeah. Oh, marvellous! And uh, the end is there an end point that? Um... Yes, it generally involves a pint. Just one. One at a time. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, definitely the, the pub in uh, Horton, Ribblesdale. They'll be well, staying open for us, I think. <laughs> yes. Well, I won't be joining you because I'm going to Dent, but fundamentally what you're doing is fantastic. I take my hat off to you. So there you are. Thank well you, done. Sir. Enjoy your walk, everyone. And you, and you. Take Thank care. You. We've trod merrily along them. Craven Way, and uh, we come by a bare ruin, just a bare wall almost, uh, probably what was an agricultural building of some sort. Pete Hutt, someone to hunker down for the shepherd, put his sheep in if they were suffering a bit. More important, talking of sheep, we're in your country, Chris. This is your land. Yeah, this is where I grew up. We're looking straight ahead we can see Arton Gill Viaduct, which is one of the viaducts on the Settle Carlisle line. And if you follow Arton Gill itself, which is a, a little beck running down, it passes between the fields at what were our fields. Just traditional dales, fields with barns in the centre of them. We cut the hay off the field and it was stored in the barn in the same field and then the cattle were kept in there over winter. Can you describe the view, Chris? We can see Pennygent, Fountains Fell just tipping up and then on to Whiddle and coming back round Warfall, what we called the Brant, Noutbury above the Brant, behind that Great Shunner then, and then round to... It's high up at side. Yeah, right at the end of Malastang Edge. And can we see Wild Boar Fell? Tiny little bit. And then round on to Rise Hill down here and Bow Fell beyond. And if we come round the edge of the barn, we can see the Howgills ahead, can't we? Calf, Great Dummock, Arant Hoare and Winder. And of course, if you were walking Dales Highway in its entirety, that's where you'd go tomorrow. Marvellous. <laughs> the lucky so-and-so. Uh... <laughs>
absolutely marvellous. Uh, this is an amazing landscape, so full of memories for me as well. And you can see beyond uh, Malastang in effect because you're looking at High Abbotside Common there and Malastang Edge and you can see up towards Stainmore and Mickle Fell, oh the furthest goodness, you can see in that direction. Wolf. Mickle, the big fell. Looking back down at your farm, you've got the pastures and then the allotments above. Can you remember life there? Oh, yes. It was a magical childhood, really. Uh, tough in many ways looking back because it is a harsh environment and shepherding is a, a hard way of life and there wasn't a lot of money and this, this still is on many hill farms. But as a place to grow up, it was just wonderful. Most of the farms and cottages up this end of the dale had children and we went to school in our school car down to Dent and when we came home in the afternoon we all went in, changed our clothes, did our jobs. We all collected eggs and washed eggs and fed hens and calves and did whatever needed doing on the farm and then went out and got together. I loved it, I loved it. I love the sheep most. Lambing time was my favourite time of year, but anything to do with stock, I was less fond of hay time, <laughs> which people romanticise hay time, but it is the most awful hard work. We didn't have much in the way of machinery when I was a girl. We're looking down on a field which is, I'm not sure the acreage, but it's really quite a, a wide field. And we used to cut hay there in swathes and then we turned it all with a wooden hay rake, the family all taking a row each. Oh. And as a small girl, 10 and 11, your hands were just blistered with this oh. rake running through your rather soft hands. But anything to do with the stock, it, it, I loved, absolutely loved. Did you have any games and fun that you had that you oh. can identify? Well, we had a lot of fun, but I don't remember playing games much. I was at my happiest trailing round the farm mm. with my dad. I wanted to not just help, I wanted to do a proper job. If we could catch sheep for the clipping or roll the fleeces or come up to the fell to open the gates, anything mm -hmm. where you were part of it. And I think I always wanted to be a grown-up, to be honest. <laughs> I always wanted to be part of it, not waiting to grow up into it. Mm. All focus in Dentdale is on Seber. Was that the same for you? No, I don't think it was really, Mark, because certainly in the 60s, I remember Dent itself. Dent was always called Dent Town. Dent was the major settlement in all these valleys. And when I grew up, we had two banks, two grocers. We had a butcher, a provender merchant. We had a police house, a draper, a post office. You know, Dent was a proper thriving little place. And... We went out of Dent to go to market and from this top of the dale we mostly went to Hawes, up under Dent Head Viaduct, up to Newby Head and then over Whittle and into Hawes and we would use the outdoor market for shopping and the marts for selling stock every Tuesday because that's where farmers met. It was an important part of getting together. Halls had the whole of Wensleydale. Fabulous market. Market. Yes. Laban was another. Yes. Oh, one of my proudest moments. My, not just my dad, but a lot of the, the shepherds. If you helped out at lambing time, you got a lamb. One of the pet lambs, one of the motherless lambs, you were given a lamb. That was your lambing wages. <laughs> and I remember over the years growing these lambs and dad getting these lambs tucked and then I had lambs of my own. And I remember going into the mart, into the auction ring at Hall's, <laughs> proud as punch, with my lambs, five pounds, my money, earning, <laughs> earning my own money. But I brushed them and washed their faces and oh. made sure they looked their best. That's a and of course, the auction, I was a little girl and the auctioneer was wonderful, you know, he upped the price for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can't see the road from here. But the road into Dent runs down and then it turns a dog leg down the valley. And at hay time, especially if the uh, weather had been bad and we were trying to catch bits of hay and we were still at school, we used to stay off to help with hay time. And we, we had a truant officer 
that knew this. And when we went to the hayfield, all of us, our mothers used to take a yellow duster with them from the dust in the furniture. And if anybody saw this little grey Morris car coming up the valley the truant man's car the yellow duster would wave and you'd have a whole line of yellow dusters all the way up the hayfield and your mother used to go quick quick down to the house and you'd go and jump into bed and when he knocked at the door you'd go <coughs> how, how oh, funny there you are, fun. there you are. Oh. that's the little nugget that will linger forever anyway Bad time we had a bit more of a stride. It's a lovely romp along the turf and we've come through a little bit of a complex channeled area with sheep handling folds in. We've gone across the Great Wold. We're at the Boot of the Wold here, which is a great name. The boot being the foot of the fell for gathering sheep off the fell. You'd come to the boot at the gathering point and then they were taken down the outgang down into the valley into Deepdale. So it was an, a, a gathering point. It's pretty rare to see though, boot, but unless you go down to um, <laughs> Estdale. Anyway, above us you can see on the shoulder of Wernside a cairn, Currick, I would call it, probably for the shepherd, a landmark for him in misty weather. So this is an important point, this transition point between activity on the fell and moving on down into the valley. Talking about shepherding up on these fells, of course, the summit of Wernside is completely open and it's common grazing. You talked about taking the sheep down to the farm in the valley. We, we've three valleys. We've got Deepdale that way and we've got the top end of Dentdale this way and Chapleydale that we came up from and the farms along these valleys all around the edge of Wernside. Satellite of valleys. It, yes, and, and when sheep are driven down from the common ground the shepherds going in every direction when I was a girl certainly it was a very communal event you know everybody gathered up on the top of Wernside and then there was a great shouting and dogs and whistles and men and shepherds all streaming down and sheep all streaming down on all sides back down to the farms. I've only ever witnessed anything like that once. That was the other Deepdale above Douthwaite Head. That was in the early 1970s. So it's a long time ago. It's fallen away because there aren't that many shepherds and farmers to do it. No, and, and the farms have been amalgamated. There were a lot more small farms. Um, but these sheep are hefted, of course. They know their heath, their, their section of land. The lambs go back to the fell with their mothers and they learn their patch and they go back again and again. And remarkably, when you drive them down from common land to your own farm, very few are not your own sheep. You know, there's not a lot of straying across heaths. They know your language. Although it's always a great social thing to pop a few stragglers into the back of your vehicle and drive to a nearby farm and swap stragglers. <laughs> yeah, it's a good excuse for have a, a whiskey or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're coming towards the end of the podcast. The Dales Highway, what are your favourite parts? Three favourite elements. Three favourite sections of a Dales Highway. Easy. Starting at the south end, Atomar Scar and Warrendale Knots. It's a section just between Malamdale and Settle. And it is the most glorious, springy green turf and the sunlight reflects off the limestone around you and it is magical walking. The second section we're just about to come to because when we go over the hill, this little hill just ahead of us, we will see Dentdale. And you can take the girl out of Dent, but you can't take Dent out of the girl. It is a beautiful view of Dentdale. And the third, we can also see actually, it's the Howgill Fells. They're further on in the walk, but they're lovely, rounded fells between the Yorkshire Dales and the Lakeland Fells. They're not as well known as the other two and I think they're just beautiful. Mm, absolutely.
Ah, we've come to an interesting spot. Uh, we come to a gate with a, a bold capital letters, the word DENT. Is it black or blue? Blue. You, it's blue, I think. <laughs> I was sure the sign on down here was painted red, so it's a bit of a shock to see it in blue. But we're coming into Dentdale and we can see Dent Town just ahead of us with the lovely St Andrew's Church. We're here in Dentdale at the junction of Deepdale Beck with the River Dee the main river that runs down towards the Rothy and then on down into the Loon. We've transferred ourselves from North Yorkshire. Uh, we didn't mention it at the time, but we are definitely in Cumbria. Dent was Yorkshire originally. W were you born into West Riding? We grew up in the West Riding, that's right. 1974 yes. was a fateful year. 1974, it was stolen. Oh, gosh. We're in Cumbria, so we'll do our quickfire questions. What was your first Lakeland memory? Oh, Helvellyn, as a young teenager, our geography teacher took us up Helvellyn and it was, oh, fabulous. Is there a favourite season of the year that you love it on the Dales Highway or in the Lake District? Well, my favourite season of the year is spring. It's new life, it's lambs, it's wildflowers. That whole May-June time when you're walking through, the fields are greening up, the wildflowers are in the hay meadows, the lambs are out with the sun on their backs, as my dad would have said. <laughs> May the sun shine in on them. Yeah. What would be your perfect Yorkshire Dales day, let's say? Oh, my perfect Yorkshire day would be to get the train on the Settle Carlisle railway line. It starts in Leeds, so I could catch it from home and come up to Dentdale and walk back over the way we've come to Ribblehead to the station inn and catch the train home after we'd had a pint and uh, something to eat there. With friends. <laughs> Always with friends. Always with friends. Uh, if you were Prime Minister for the day, is there one thing you would like to do for the landscapes of Cumbria and perhaps the Yorkshire Dales that would make a difference? Yes, I would really like to recognise the contribution and the importance of farms and farming to looking after this landscape. Not just producing food, I I'm a huge supporter of buying locally produced food, but also just as custodians of our landscape, that it can be a thankless task at times, and I just think farmers aren't given the support that they need. Have you got a favourite pub? Yes, that my favourite pub's the station in at Ribblehead. It has saved me. I have steamed the wet off me in front of their fire and enjoyed a beer there so many times over the years and the station inn it never closes. You come across pubs in the Dales and they shut at three and they don't open on a Tuesday. You don't have any of that with the station inn. If you're wet and cold and come off the three peaks, the station inn is there. Have you a favourite tea room? I do, I do. In 2007, when we first started designing and devising a Dales highway, Tony and I, uh, there's a farm at Faser. And the woman that lived there, she used to, on a good day, if she was about, she used to put a couple of white plastic garden chairs outside her kitchen door. And if she wasn't too busy, she'd make you a cup of coffee. And that is now the famous Elaine's at Faser, where people travel from miles around to get her coffee and her Yorkshire puddings are to die for and it is a really thriving business and it's almost exactly the same age as Adele's Highway. When the time comes and a few friends gather and they take your mortal remains or ashes, where might they travel to? Oh, well, they're going to scatter half of them on Atomaya Scar that I mentioned already and the other half in the churchyard at Cowgill where my parents are buried. You asked me at the beginning of the day, really, what started me walking. I think it was because this is my heath. This is where I belong. So even though I don't live on the fells anymore, I am hefted to these fells. And it's the only place I want to come back to, really.
journey's end and we're in Dent Town, Mark. We've got here, we did that lovely little walk along the river. By the D. Very tight to the river, I have to say, but... Um, We've been from A to B to see the D. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> lovely walk, both of us probably treading ground we've trod before. I've been up and over there a couple of times before, but... Oh, yeah, it's great, isn't it? I was intrigued by the boot of the wold. Mm. I, I think, you know, in hindsight, it probably refers to a shepherd who left a boot there. And uh, in due course, people always refer to this uh, place where the boot was left. Do you think the shepherd's name was Wald as well? That would explain Whoa. it all. <laughs> yeah, it would <laughs> I think we're, we're both agreeing. Yeah, a great war, great company with Chris. Loved hearing her stories, particularly about her childhood on the farm down there. Any highlights of the walk, Mark, for you? Well, I love the scars at the beginning, of course, from the church along by the string of farms. We got to the railway. I love meeting that group of walkers uh, on ah. a challenge. I love to see people being introduced to it. But some of them will have picked up from that that it actually is probably a nice place to come on your own or with your family. We're coming to the end of the podcast. We're on episode number... 92. For 91 previous episodes, www.countrystride.co.uk. If you would like to support us, you can do it in one of three ways. You can recommend us to your family and friends. You can buy one of our guidebooks. Uh, We've got four guidebooks now. You can find them at www.countrystride.co.uk or you can support us on Patreon. Patreon is a subscription service for as little as £2 a month. You can support us and £2 would buy you, Mark. Several bags of crisps that we could share with your friends. I mean, I'd say at least two, but probably no more than three. (laughs) You have to go to the right supermarket, clearly. Ah, I can see where you shop. (laughs) Not booths. (laughs) Next up, I'm not quite sure where we're going, but we do have a very special Christmassy treat lined up. We've managed to get that booking in, and I'll give you a little little clue, Mark. It's related to something that you can eat in Grasmere. Digestive biscuits? Uh, We're on social media, Mark. Uh, At Country Stride 1. Facebook Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, Yeah, Twitter for now. We'll see what happens there. But if you do follow us on Twitter, incidentally, and you want to sign up to our newsletter, you can actually find that on our website. And if you sign up for the newsletter, you get little vouchers for money off things and the latest news from Country Stride. So do please follow us there. What else is going on? Well, our Christmas special. Then we'll have our roundup of the year. John Manning has agreed yet again. Don't know what he's doing agreeing to these, but he's, he's going to come and <laughs> join us again for our annual Rambling. chat and rambling. Yes. yes, that kind of The thing. ramblings of the year. Well, that's it from us today, Mark. We're going to um, get a cup of tea maybe in the Dent Heritage Centre, um, but we're saying goodbye from this most wonderful of valleys. Oh,